This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like your alma mater six months after you finished matriculating, asking you to give back. I am the $1.53 billion University of Colorado in endowment. And he is, according to the 2019 article by unr.edu, the $232 million endowment. When was the last time you gave back to your alma mater, Larry? Wait a minute. Your endowment's almost five times bigger than my endowment? Uh, I think more than that. I think it's uh, eight times bigger. Oh, wow. You got a big endowment, Mr. Keller. (laughs) Man, you got to love those big endowments. I don't know what they're... It's just... They're just stockpiling. They're not... They're not giving back to the university. What are you going to do with, I, I looked it up a while ago, but Harvard is like a $30 billion endowment. Big you, know, you know, the saying is it's not the size of your endowment. It's the magic that it possesses, Mr. Kelly. Yeah. You know what they say about a big endowment? Big <laughs> we have breaking Olympic news right here on the Sports Best Podcast. Sunisia Lee, or Suni Lee, became the fifth straight American woman to claim the Olympic title in the women's individual all-around competition in gymnastics, edging Rebecca Andrade of Brazil in an entertaining and hotly contested final while defending champ Simone Biles watched. Lee's total of 57.433 points was just enough to top Andrade or in the first gymnastics all-around medal by a Latin American athlete. Interesting she actually uh, stepped out of bounds twice during her floor routine. If she didn't do that, she probably would have won. Nobody, including Lee, thought they had a chance to win this event, considering Biles had won every major international championship since 2013, except for the 2017 World Championships, which came during the year she took off after a triumph win in Rio five years ago. So what do we know? Biles quits. Lee steps in her place. Americans still dominant. In women's gymnastics, yippee. Yeah, we put a lot of emphasis on U.S. women's gymnastics. Um, I don't think we necessarily do that with the men's. I think we put a lot of, like, what we're good at. I'm kind of curious, like, at what point do we throw a lot of weight or societal engagement behind, like, what sport we want to be good at? I mean, U.S. women's gymnastics is kind of one of our flagships. Swimming we're really good at, but, like, We've, I feel like over the past 20 years, since we had the World Cup in the United States, people have tried to push football as something that we're more into, and it hasn't caught up. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that we, we put so much focus on these banner sports that um, we can win. I just think it's interesting that we're, all we did was talk about Simone Miles for basically a week. Mm-hmm. The minute we stopped talking about her, Another person I've never heard of, Suni Lee, until this point, is the gold medal winner in gymnastics. I feel like it's like all those people that were in their prime when Michael Jordan was playing basketball. Too bad for them. Charles Barkley never won an NBA championship. Oh, yeah, because the best basketball player in the entire world was playing at the same time as him. So Simone Biles goes, Lee wins. I love it. Yeah, U.S. gymnastics is stacked. I mean, you made the NBA reference. There was a... A competition, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was widely considered the worst player in the NBA. And he had this like one-on-one tournament. He's like, come challenge me. No one could even come close. So like you watch, you watch these things and there's been some pretty funny videos on TikTok on like someone steps out of bounds and you're like eating Cheetos in bed and you're like, oh, you're <laughs> trash. 
you're, you're no good. Like we couldn't do any of these things. So, I mean, at that level and with the U S gymnastics program, the fact that we've won five straight golds, um, over the, the last five Olympics means that it's a stacked program and we're just reloading. It's not like once Simone is gone, we're, we're not going to be able to do it. I just call this my Ryan Seacrest should break an ankle theory. Like that dude's got like 500 million jobs. Like if he didn't do one of them, somebody else would be able to shine, but because he gobbles them up all up, nobody else gets to do anything. Simone Biles, I hope she's happy. She's got all these awards behind her. Look at SUNY Lee gets her moment of the sun. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, make makes make hay while the sun's shining. Yeah, Ryan Seacrest is out there getting it. Well, I guess you mentioned Simone Biles, and there's been probably the headline of the past few days is her pulling out of the all around or the team finals for um, mental health reasons. And I feel like mental health might be a little bit of a misnomer. You're thinking mental health is like you have schizophrenia or maybe you're depressed, and I don't think it. She's depressed. The word that they're using is she has the twisties, which uh, a more common term I've heard is the yips, which you get in in uh, golf or maybe baseball. But basically, it sounds to me, and I, I'm on board with this, is doing something at half speed or not fully trusting yourself is a lot more dangerous than going full out. And she's got the shakes and she just doesn't trust that she can do it. And, and especially in women's gymnastics, what they're doing if you have a misstep and you don't have a spotter, you, you could land on your head, break your neck. So for her own personal safety and for the betterment of the entire team, she pulled out and everyone kind of has their opinion on that. But I think she's doing what's best for her and uh, she doesn't owe anything to us. Is, is the term twisties, that's why I put the story in the rundown. Is that something I'm supposed to know or is that something new because of Simone Biles? I bet you in the gymnastics world, that's a very common term, but uh, we just don't hear it because we are not in the world of gymnastics. So twisties, I don't think that will apply to me. I feel like when we left off talking about Simone earlier this week, I was like, hey, if she didn't want the pressure, maybe she shouldn't have gone to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I still kind of lean that way, but you know what? It's People choke all the time in sports. They get, you know, LeBron, every great basketball player is choked when it came right. to crunch time. LeBron James amongst them. It pressure. Like, how do we all handle pressure? It got to her. Okay, she's still going to be successful. She, I just think she might have been like, I have my whole life in front of me, endorsements, 30-second. I just, there was a lot of pressure. She didn't handle it well, but that doesn't mean she's a bad human being. Right. And I mean, I kind of go with you. I, I wish that she would have made this decision before she got there, but maybe she wouldn't have known. But also mm -hmm. Michael Jordan feeling the pressure and missing a free throw is not uh, miscalculating a, a backflip on the balance beam and landing on your head. So, I mean, there's different things. There is something that's come out of this with Naomi Osaka in the French Open and then yeah. her recently. Someone's like, if they can pull out, you can take PTO. I think there's a lot of different people who aren't willing to take PTO. And I think that's like an interesting message being like, it's not that big of a deal. You're, you're more important than uh, the company, which I've never had problems taking PTO. I've never had that problem. I take, I, I, I take as, as much sick time as I could possibly take in any instance. Don't tell my boss, but yes, I take it. 
I was talking to a guy yesterday. He has 1,300 hours of PTO accrued, and I think he's just planning on getting a big payout when he's done. But that's nuts. That's not Well, a lot. some people get to do that. Like my friend who works for a city has like, yeah, 800 billion sick days and can get paid out for it. I'm not getting paid out, so I'm taking that stuff. Right? Yeah. Anyway. By chance, did you watch the 800-meter freestyle final for the men's in the pool, Mr. Keller? Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. That's right. Bobby Fake Magic. He credited his coaches for teaching him to switch gears in the closing moments of a race. In this particular instance, Fake was fifth with 100 meters to go and fourth as he entered the final 50. He then turned it on, summoning a final charge that he described as painful but worth it. He wins the 800-meter freestyle. Quote, he says, that was like the first time I celebrated in a race. I think that's probably the happiest I've been from the sport. It really, if you watch the, it's unbelievable how far he comes back to win this 800-meter freestyle final. Yeah, his kick is nuts. And yeah. it's just like a very good example of you play to the level of your competition. He said that this is the best time in his 800 meters. He bested it by about five seconds. Like that's nuts. Like your people are trying to get a tenth of a second off their time. So he had something in the reserve tank, or maybe he got Dom from Fast and the Furious to get him some nitrous, and he just kicked. And uh, that's, I mean, that's really exciting. So good on him. You know, my first drama, thought is like, my first thought is that he cheated, but there's no way, even if he took steroids like this week, that he could have done. I mean, it truly was just a superhuman feat. Yeah, he was holding back. Or maybe it was like one of those things when uh, a mom sees their kid trapped under a car, they pick the car up over their head and throw it. He said he noticed out of the corner of his eye. He's like, oh, I'm still in this. And he kicked it on and some kind of, he went beast mode. He That's got, so, so funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing. A mom picking her car off her kid that's trapped. Let's think the same thing. Recycling together. Superhuman strength gets you to the gold. Well, you mentioned gold and the happiest moment of his life. The American Psychological Association published a study from that they did from 413 athletes from 2000 to 2016. They tracked 142 Olympic track and field events. And basically they say, based on an, analyzing people's faces, people that get bronze are happier than people that get silver, which I guess when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Like, hey, I'm up here. I'm not in fourth. Like if you go to the Olympics and you get bronze, you're always an Olympic medalist. If you get fourth, that's got to be the worst because you just missed the podium. But uh, you kind of think, I always think of silver being better, but uh, bronze is like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. And no, it's kind of interesting point. No, it's super. I love that it's like the obvious thing that we've never thought of. And then this study comes out and you're like, oh yeah, of course. Because imagine you, you, know, you spend four years, however many years of your life and you get nothing, but right. hey, third place, you get a medal. You got to stand up there. That's something. Yeah, I mean, we kind of pointed out when that uh, woman from the Philippines, the weightlifter won, I pointed out that the Chinese woman who got second looked very stoic and potentially angry and first and third were big smiles and happy and celebrating. So, I mean, it makes sense. And also, if you have second, you have this mental thing being like, I could have had it. But third, you're like, no, I got to go home with some hardware. Shouldn't they give like fourth and fifth place like a ribbon, maybe? Maybe we can introduce that to the Stop that. No, get him a not. participation award. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy. Yeah, knock it off. 
NFL training camps underway this week for all 32 teams. As we mentioned earlier this week, one Aaron Lamar Rodgers showed up for his 17th season with the Green Bay Packers. All sorts of scuttle as to whether he would head to camp because he was not happy with the team. He had a frank discussion with the media in which he said, amongst other things, that he's been disappointed with the team about how they uh, dealt with some of the veteran players. He admitted he considered retirement and said he does not know if anything has changed. Quote, I'm not a victim here. I made a ton of money here. I've been really fortunate to play a long time to play here. At the same time, I'm still competitive and I still feel like I could play. I proved it last year. End quote. He was really frank in this discussion. And uh, I feel like he doesn't come out looking like the bad guys, the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of playing to his teammates because that's kind of who he has to win over. He's burned the bridge with the coaches, GM, president of operations. So it's like that's really his only move. It's like either withhold services and stop playing or get this year out. And I mean, if he has a great season, then the Packers have the ability to trade him for something worthwhile and maybe he gets more money at the end. But it doesn't seem like money is the main driving factor for him. It was interesting to see how he was going to handle this press conference. It seems as if he wanted, he was frank enough, and most people are like, okay, do whatever you want, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's earned it maybe. Yeah. it's. I, I mean, I look yeah. at this from a distance being like, you don't really – he said he wanted more decision-making power in the recruiting process and building the team that he wants to play on. He doesn't want to be a lame duck quarterback and he kind of also listed a bunch of uh, teammates who he felt the Packers didn't handle well and so I mean you don't really have that right as a quarterback you're getting paid for your services but he can I mean clearly he won but at the end of the day it's like if they want to move on without him he didn't really have any leverage other than just to walk away from the sport you go Aaron Rodgers you go and a note that uh, Tom Brady had just started his 22nd Wow. year in the nfl Thanks. he's been uh drinking for a couple of years now Thanks. as a nfl player well sticking with the nfl the nfl we uh talked about how they are going to require people to get vaccinated if not it'll affect the rest of their team but that didn't stop a couple of guys from going to social media and expressing their discontent arizona cardinals wide receiver deandre hopkins said never I never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future with the NFL. Cole Beasley said, I'm living freely. Good night. Basically, these guys like, I don't want to get vaccinated. And that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to play football. Like I've said before, playing professional sports is not a basic human right. Like the NFL has the ability to say, this is the rules. And if you want to, play within those rules you're fine like you can't just say i don't want to wear a helmet anymore it's (laughs) it's required so if you don't want to get vaccinated you don't have to play and that's my take on what these guys are doing i feel like it's okay to be skeptical in life you know maybe the vaccines so the washington football team says okay we're going to bring in the person that made one of the vaccines i think it was moderna they literally bring the person that made the moderna to talk to the team and say exactly what the vaccine is and here's Washington defensive end Montez Sweet, what he said after the person that made Dirt talk to the team. I probably won't get vaccinated until I get more facts and that stuff. Like literally heard from the person that made Moderna and then goes like, 
I need more information. Okay. Well, what the problem is these guys have this platform and everyone listens to them and it makes them think that they're, they're more educated than they are. Yeah. And I'm not educated on the subject, but I, I took a calculated risk and I got the vaccine because there's, I want to live within the constraints of society and that's fine. Like again, go home, go fishing Deandre Hopkins. That's fine with me. I don't know. I will say uh, it is interesting that they're going to die on this cross about the vaccines when they're getting injected by Toradol, yeah. which is this crazy painkiller that they give football players all the time. And they're like, I don't want to take the vaccine, but give me Toradol, which might distract. I mean, these guys are just willing to put whatever they want in their bodies, but there's a lot of media or just a lot of general talk about COVID. So people are like, Oh, I have a, an active audience. I should, I should give my two cents. And this is what I think. And I think it's just a very apropos discussion because it basically models what the discussion in America in general is. Yeah. And the, the NFL gets a lot of press. So it's just interesting to see how everybody's thinking about it. Yeah. All right. The NBA is officially attempting to eliminate some of its most embarrassing foul calls this season. You can no longer launch into a defender, abruptly veer off path, kick leg at an abnormal angle, or hook a defender with an off arm. So they're training their referees to no longer allow people to launch into a defender. I mean, hopefully that that will actually happen. I mean, traveling is is still defined the same way it always has been, but guys take multiple steps up to the rim before they go for a dunk. And also it gets called a little bit different for different players like Steph Curry or LeBron is going to have a little bit more leeway than uh, off the bench players. So I think this is good. I think it's going to be good for basketball, but um, the referees are probably going to have, there's going to be some growing pains going into this. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not necessarily in basketball, but every once in a while, I'll just hook somebody with an off arm, just walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Nobody's calling that on me. I think that's going to be a hard one to call. Yeah. I mean, did you make a basketball move? And uh, (laughs) like we say in uh, our family, did you make a catchphrase move? It's hard to know when the buzzer goes off, were you making a catchphrase move? And uh, sometimes it's hard to tell. Well, Next time I get an $11 million endorsement, I'm going to take to social media to tell them to F off. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Right. Everyone's favorite, Kyrie Irving, has a new shoe coming out. He has an endorsement deal with Nike, and he has the Kyrie 8s coming out. He basically uh, went to Instagram because a photo of the new shoes got leaked. He's like, these are trash. They didn't talk to me about them, and uh, I don't like them. So apologies to the sneakerheads out there, but these are not good shoes. I was- I'm a little bit confused by the story. He has a signature shoe. You don't think anybody at Nike went and said, hey, what do you think about these shoes before they released them to the world? I bet you they did. Here's my speculation. They asked yeah. him, he's like, yeah, you guys figure it out. And now he's like, I don't like those. Like, I, I there's unless he has a really bad team around him who let him sign a deal that he has no input on what these shoes are, or maybe he did get some input and didn't like what they had to say. So he goes to this, but uh, it's just not a good look for him. Like he's got his team around him and they're like, Hey, Kyrie Nike just uh, came out with your shoe. They want to know what you think about it. Ah, it's only my signature shoe. You guys do whatever you want. Like what team is not telling him, Hey man, 
Maybe you should pay attention to this. It's your shoe. It's got your name on it. He looks around to all of his teammates and everyone's saying that one thing, but one of his teammates says, hey, let's go out. She's sweeter than a Kyrie and the beard are going to go to the strip club and get those honey buns. <laughs> this has been Sports Best. Thanks for tuning in this week. Keep watching the Olympics. we got more coming up on that. We'll see you next week. I'm Andrew Valeri. Thanks for stopping by.